Thank you for listening to Recyclables. I really appreciate it. If you want to support the program, the best way to do that is to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, the next best way is to make a donation either through the Acast app or at our Patreon, which is just patreon forward slash recyclables.com. Until next time, thank you. Cody, I am here with Patrick Thomas Perkins, and we have Samwise. We have Samwise. Yeah, I mean you can call me Ben. It's He's okay. Ben. Ben. Okay. Okay. If you call ben. me Samwise, I, I will try to remember that. That's I don't know, right. Mel. I'm gonna feel weird about it. You can also so that You're Samwise. You're too crabby to be Samwise. Okay. Well, this was a I'm high school football nickname. I'm not saying that to be nickname. mean. So, I like crabby yeah. people. So I was also called uh, Billy Goat back then because uh, you were gruff. Because I well. I think it was the facial. I don't remember. I think it was the facial hair. <laughs> you ate a can. Instead <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of drinking your can of soda, yeah. you just bite into it and let it pour down your front. <laughs> just clearing weeds everywhere. Oh my god. Um, and then uh, I also got called Bushwhacker. Oh. Um, because I apparently did this one drill and I looked like a Bushwhacker brother while I did it. The way that What's I was What's a moving. Bushwhacker yeah. brother? It's a professional wrestling duo. Oh. That's why. Right. That's why. Neither of us would have known yeah. that. I met the extent of my knowledge too. I did a live I, on I TikTok, and this lady who was watching me, she's a huge Undertaker fan, so we talked a good amount about Undertaker. I don't know anything about pro wrestling other than like kind of the main names. Can, so can I just? I was just there. Can I just say that I I love how the whole point of me having a nickname was like somewhat an anonymity, and I just like totally dropped that. To anyone who was in high school, please going to be like, oh, that's Benjamin Tier. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, would you be concerned with people knowing you specifically participate in protests and, like, anti-fascist activities? I think the cat's out of the bag on okay. that. So, okay. That's fair. Um, but I just, I guess my concern is, is less about um, being uh, covert and more about being clear that I'm not trying to... You are uh, the spokesperson for anti-fascists in that. the entire country. So, like, And then there's also, I don't want to, like, promote or platform myself. No. Yeah, yeah, um, I hear you. Yeah, and so that's, so that's, I just, I don't know how to word it. Wait, are there not anti-fascist open mics? <laughs> I think it's the risk you run as a nominally straight white guy that, like, it, it's not about us. Like, it's about a whole lot of other people a yeah. lot of the time. There's this <laughs> level, there's this level of humor that I, I think is very sophomoric that um, a lot of anti-fascists engage in. And when it's like a group of people who are doing it, it's pretty funny. But like, it's still just like, oh, this really throws me back to high school. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know how to articulate it any further without saying too much. But yeah, there are some people who I think overestimate their uh, dunking abilities. Okay. And... A few sentences or less, what's your origin story? I uh, am an alcoholic. And that's Hi, it. Ben. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I have issues with alcohol, and you're sober, so I yeah. mean, I, I definitely I, don't cause, drink cause like I, don't, I used to. because yeah, I don't do drunk good, and I don't, my, my body doesn't like it, and then I don't, I hate, I, I hate getting blackout. That's what will happen, is um, I'll, I'll climb up on a roof, because, like, I'm drunk. Cause, and then fall off. Yeah, because part of drinking is drinking through the pain. The problem is, I, the pain never stops for me, so... <laughs> I, um, one night got, like, borderline blackout, and I was expecting a direct deposit from a job that I had quit, 
but I didn't realize the last check was going to be sent. Paper check. So I, so I had to have, someone else had to pay my tab for me, and I was furious. And so I was waiting for my bus to go home, and uh, then I, I got on the bus, and I don't really remember what happened after that, but... Apparently, what I'd done, based on the evidence which was on my phone, was I started texting an ex, like, 40 to 50 messages about how much I hated capitalism. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, I'm a little afraid, and now uh, I'm like, this sounds right, and I don't think it's the worst thing you could have done. I know. It's, I, I, but I, I saw that I'd done that in general that I texted her a lot and I was like oh no oh my god and then I started reading them and I was like okay well I shouldn't have done this but I'm also like not wrong so. is she pro-capitalist? um not necessarily but it wasn't like the appropriate yeah like, <laughs> it was a, there's a time and place no obviously <laughs> but it wasn't even like you were picking a fight with her like by the way fuck you, you know, capitalist yeah. scum yeah no I wasn't even fighting I yeah exactly just, you weren't even just, fighting yeah. with her he was like I'm Drunken man, and this is the person I'm sending it to. I don't know (laughs) why. I'm picturing the chain of like, you up? Because fuck the capitalists. Okay, so I guess the question I would ask then is. When did you start participating in activist activities? Oh, that's the worst way to say that ever. Um, because I remember you were participating in, like, protests about, um, like, immigration and kids in cages even before, like, 2020. Like, yeah. I know that stuff happened before then, well, but I, I think more people became aware of it. Yeah, I, I became uh-huh. radicalized. Um, it, it, I mean, it, it, there isn't any one big moment, but... I guess the murder of Trayvon Martin is what made me like. Were you in Florida when that happened? Yes, and the, Holy it wasn't. Shit. It wasn't just like what had happened and what I was learning about it in the immediate aftermath. It was seeing how the people around me were reacting to it that was like a oh shit moment. Like making excuses for a murderer. Basically. Yeah. yeah. And just wanting so desperately, like well-meaning and well-intentioned people just wanting to make sense of this so that it like it, it, it that there was some shred of justification for this very clearly abhorrent yeah. and awful thing that happened. And I'm just like I, it seems like he got scared of a black kid and wanted to kill a black kid. And yeah. I don't even know if he got scared. He probably yeah. just got fucking mad. Yeah. It sounds like he just got mad. And that's the thing that's the most frustrating to me. Because, like, I saw a story the other day about a cop, off-duty cop, shooting someone in a movie theater because they were looking at their phone. And I'm pretty sure they killed the guy. Yeah. And that cop is not going to prison. I... Not going to prison for off-duty shooting someone... So, to me, it's like, of course people are going to think they can make those kinds of choices if they still see people not going to prison for it. It's a thing we cover a lot on Recyclables about, like, just in general, of, like, the distinction between something is normal 
like like it's just a normal course of the day. Something seems normal, like you're told this is a normal thing, and something gets normalized to the point of like, oh, this must be the norm because it it must be the norm that there are kids in cages because we've just had yeah. kids in cages for a while. To piggyback off of your thing, or the 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 radicalizing part, I didn't realize how far left I was until I was, was like listening to an episode of The Dollop and Dave Anthony is like ranting about liberals and I was like I'd always thought liberal was like as far left as you were allowed to go yeah. I guess yeah. like I was like I must be liberal because like that's the word I hear so that must be me and then finding out like oh no that's a stopping point that a lot of people hit I would like to go further than that my mindset before was when Obama was president and there was the similar I think in Minnesota also there was like the the not quite riots not quite protesting my attitudes were very similar to what you're describing was like the, the kid must have done something there must be some reason because like things must be fine. The, the yeah. arc of history must be towards good. Right. Like, it's just Someone's gotta be. gotta be in control here. Yeah. yeah. And, the good guys are doing something. And so I, I guess what I was seeing as this was unfolding was like there this pushback uh, from the I guess the people who were inclined to sympathize with George Zimmerman was that in the trial, like they didn't use stand your ground as the justification. So like clearly this law is okay. But like when he was initially talking to the police after the murder, that was the standard that they were operating under was stand your ground. And so that's sort of what cracked something open for me as far as like, oh, this is a systemic problem. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so obvious now, uh, but at the time it was fucking mind-blowing. I was like, oh, so this is how racism can just be legal. <laughs> like, this is yeah. how you can murder people and get away with it based off of these things that are not actually explicitly codified into this law. This is systemic shit. Oh, and yeah. so that was like, I guess a, a watershed moment. I I don't know if I'm using that term correctly, but uh, well, it's it, and it's also kind of the you saw behind the curtain, yeah, more or less. Yeah, like you, yeah. you and like for me, like there were definitely have been other moments that have really been aha moments. But one of the really big ones for me was like once Trump got elected, and I started hearing people reminding us that the shit we were bitching about Trump doing was happening during the Clinton like Clinton administration was yeah. happening during the Bush administration and was definitely happening during the Obama administration and that was just and like and seeing how the DNC was during the 2016 election that just like like erased my brain of thinking <laughs> that they had any vested interest in us. I had always identified independent because I thought they were the same team. Like I've told Rochelle this before. I didn't know until I was like, until I started stand up really, I didn't know CNN and Fox were like different teams. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I thought, I thought they were all the same thing. And so a lot of, a lot of my own, like kind of, I guess radicalization has just been being educated to like what I thought things were like, like I don't know. It's it's pseudo religious, I guess, in a sense. Where I'm like, oh, this aligns with my morals. I didn't know there was a thing for this. Sweet. Well, and like the thing I notice about you is that like sometimes when you see bullshit, because like e you grew up lower class and didn't grow up in the most stable situations you assume like oh well these people must be right because how could I be seeing how stupid this yes, is there's like, this is something I see you run up against a lot when we talk about things where you're just like they should know better if I know better I assume I'm the stupidest person in any given room and I'm shocked at how often that's not true uh, yeah. depends on what we're talking about yeah. I, I, <laughs> I have that issue too where I just can't help but think like well surely everyone else is seeing this 
this. Right. <laughs> and then you're, you're faced with the realization of like, oh, nope, I guess I have to lead the charge for now. But I think part of it is, is a lot of, I mean, part of why we do this is because I think a lot of people feel that way but don't know that they feel that way or don't have a language to do it or don't understand that like it, it is kind of religious in that sense of like you find a community mm-hmm. once you start realizing like oh i'm not the only one who feels this way yeah there are other people hey this is your first semi-ad break here's the deal recyclables is more or less entirely listener funded more meaning i have a patreon it's patreon.com forward slash recyclables less meaning there's not nearly as many uh people there as i would like uh and if you'd like to become a patron today now is your chance if you can't afford it that's all right we follow the pbs model here that's right people who can pay do and people who can't still get what they can out of it so thank you for listening it's it's not just the new york times but there's this sudden weird uh, urge to be scared of looting and um, retail theft right now that's that's happening um, and I'm, they're on to me they're on to me they're making it seem like it's happening a lot more than it it recently would have I guess and it's just like well okay first of all even if that's true what's changed yeah what's changed and then also Struggling. like what other kinds of theft are occurring that you're not talking about yeah. <laughs> um so when did you start um like what was the activities that you started with initially was it protests was it cocaine no, no. Um, I- <laughs> <laughs> Don't do this to me. <laughs> I, you know, I started showing up to stuff when I uh, when I moved here. Actually, uh, yeah, purposely when I moved here, I'd run into things in Florida. <laughs> um, like there was like a Mothers for Sabrina Fulton rally. She's a uh, Trayvon Martin's mother. Oh, okay. And so there was a group of uh, there were groups of mothers all around the state, and I presume the country, who were gathering and um, holding rallies and stuff. And mothers so, against Don't Kill My Fucking Kids. It's exactly what it was. Yeah. And so I remember I was standing at a park and uh, this mother was, you know, very passionately speaking about like, what the hell am I supposed to tell my kid? How fast he's supposed to walk? How slow is he supposed to walk? How high does he have to wear his pants? How low does he have to wear his pants? Like, what am I supposed to tell him uh, that isn't just basically like someone's probably going to try to murder you because you're black. Yeah. And so she's and I'm, you know, I'm standing there and I'm listening and I'm like, pretty compelling point about what's going on right now and there were people walking by because this is in a tourist town this is St. Augustine, Florida so there were people walking by who were yelling like get over it and stuff like that oh my god and And those were probably the people sobbing on their tiktoks and instagram reels about trump not winning the 20 uh 20 election even even if it is it doesn't matter it's no i know i'm sorry no no no, you're 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 not helping it's fine because it it is a natural instinct but i think it's it's more important to note that it's like it's just a Porn human behavior. Yeah, like, it's, it's just, just like so insensitive that your response to people mourning the loss of a child and then grieving the fact that they will never not be able to worry about their children being murdered by fucking cops or angry dudes. Because that's really all, yeah. all, all a black mother is asking is like, just I would just, I would just like my kid to not die, and right. like that's not something I have to ask. I realized, like, as a white person, because obviously this, these were white people who were yelling this shit. 
and I realized like, oh, this is not a problem that I have to personally experience for the most part, but this is definitely something that like <laughs> we got to work on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, it's, it always, it always stuck with me because it was just like, oh, this is like just straight up racism, like right in front of my face. Like, yeah. It was something I, I had in And my those people might even say they're before. not racist. Of course. Like, yeah. that's the thing. It's like, oh, I'm not racist, but this is this is bringing race into it. Yeah, it's inherent. <laughs> it's great. But, um, so you, when you first moved out here is when you first started going to, like, at, yeah. seeking yeah, them so, out. So I went to um, a rally um, after the murder of Philando Castile and Alton, the murders of Philando Castile and Alton Sterling. And, and I, so I watched what happened to uh, Mr. Castile on a Facebook live stream and it fucking broke me like I could not stop crying so I was like frantically looking for like some like, we're gonna do something yeah what right? can we do what can so we I, do so I found this rally and I went to this rally and it was um, an awesome feeling marching through the streets of downtown uh, being around like-minded individuals like-minded people it felt so great and within I don't know maybe 15 minutes of us arriving to the justice center uh, Michael Strickland, who's a far-right uh, internet personality, showed up and pulled a gun on the is crowd. He in any, is he affiliated to any groups? Um, I don't know if he's directly affiliated. I honestly haven't really thought about him much until, okay. like, he came up recently again for something that he was posting on, on Twitter, I guess. But um, at the time, he was, like, a low-level YouTuber. Um, oh, okay. An Andy and, No type? Yeah, one of those, like, wannabe far-right provocateurs are, are, are the, the other end of the horseshoe from us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so he showed up and um, I guess he started, he, he did that typical thing where he, uh, he instigated and then claimed he was acting in self-defense, yeah. basically. Fortunately, he was disarmed by folks who were trying to de-escalate and was later arrested. But... I just remember this uh, wave of people running towards me, and oh. and the fear was just so palpable and thick, and just wild. And I, my instinct was, I want to find out what's going on. Oh yeah, you. So I started. You, you're addicted. <laughs> I started walking towards where everyone was running from, and then I heard because I I thought it was the police or something had shown up, and I I don't know I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Yet. But then I heard someone yell "gun," and I was like, "Okay, I'll turn around." Oh right, you got uh, me. Yeah, you know. I, I helped this lady who was like, it's like she had her kids with her in a stroller, and so I Jesus. was like, and so she's yelling, "My babies, my babies!" And, oh god. And so I was like, "I'll just help. I'll deal with this." situation and then I'll link up with my friend who was supposed to meet me here and we'll figure out what the hell we're going to do. Because that that brings up a thing that like I it took me a while to figure out that like nobody is going to protest to riot. Right, like, like there are people who are going. Let me correct. Let me say that correctly. Not, that is not the specific intent of yeah. a protest. There's a there's so many different kinds. Um, yeah, there's different versions of protest, you know, but it's not just about but, stealing property. But, but, but I woman, want it to be more. A woman doesn't yeah. bring her babies to a thing yeah, yeah, because they think, man, we're gonna fucking kill the police or whatever. It's because you want to be hurt and you want to have that feeling. Yeah, this this was more of a rally. Yeah. Than what I would 
describe as a protest that probably had protest potential um, until it was interrupted by a guy with a gun. And so, yeah, there's uh, there are rallies and marches. Uh, I, I guess that's an important question to ask then. Uh, wh what is the distinction one makes between rallies, marches, and protests? Or is it kind of a Venn diagram where it can all loop into it? Is it all wibbly-wobbly? It's wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff that can all sort of bleed into each other. A rally is where you're going to get a bunch of people and you're going to have speeches. Um, a march is literally what it sounds like you're in the streets um, and then you know a lot of activists will say if you get a permit for your rally or your march it's really just a parade um, and then a protest is something disruptive it doesn't necessarily have to be property damage it can be like just a start of something that becomes more aggressive but um but it can be it needs to inconvenience people yeah right it's, it's, a it's protest kinda, is required to like cause a at least cause a disturbance. Disruption. Disruption. Yeah. It's, a, it's a thing, like, Nelson Mandela in his autobiography, let me sound like I read a book, sorry. <laughs> I felt pretentious the moment the words were out of my mouth, but he talks about it in his autobiography that the goal isn't to, is to let people in the system know how disrupted other people are by it, I guess, if that makes and, sense. Yes, and, and, you know, even if it isn't really that much of a logistical challenge for the government or whatever it they still a they don't like it and b it can it can also just be an expression of rage and sadness yeah um and that's what i think i that's how i would describe a riot really because yeah you know you're breaking windows most of them are probably insured so that's not going to do too much economic disruption but even if it really doesn't too much do too much economic disruption it's still people who are fucking crying out for help yeah. for something yeah. to change and it's super great video and sound bites to give to the rest of the country to make it sound like portland is on fire yeah and 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 like there's it's it's amazing how that framing in a whisper down the alley sort of fashion uh can become this this amorphous blob of well, they're burning down businesses. Yeah, this is yeah. say that all the time, yeah. and I always ask which ones. Which ones? Yeah, what businesses have burned there down was, in Portland? I forget what the number he quoted was, but there's a bar owner in the Pearl District. His his name is Jim Rice, and he's the owner of the Fields Bar and Grill in that specific. I session. already hate, I already hate everything you've told me. <laughs> yeah, he sounds it terrible. Keeps getting worse and worse, right? The, the Pearl so, for people outside town, just real quick, is our most pretentious rich people part. Like it's where we we get like the of the pretentiousness. And the only reason you won't see unhoused people there is that they specifically hire their own private security forces to push it right outside. Yeah, where they, they are. They give them bottles of water. Oh. Um, I think so. the most disgusting thing I see is you'll see unhoused people and then you'll see a really fit lady pushing a baby in a stroller that probably costs more than some people's cars. Uh -huh. And I'm just like, I hate everything. The, 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 the way that I would describe the pearl is the vibes are fucked. Uh, so <laughs> this guy owns this bar in this bougie part of town. And I guess... His one of his windows got smashed, and 
maybe he was. I forget. This, I'm, I'm a really bad dumper right now. That's of, okay. Yeah. The bottom line is, this guy quoted an obscene amount of money <laughs> that, that there's no way it would have cost to fix those windows. And he like went on the news and he hired. That's like, two hundred fifty million dollars of damage. He hired these extra security guards and so of course this attracted more attention this yes. is this is what he wants this is very much a Streisand effect where people would show up pretty regularly to confront him that sounds his, like his uh, chum in the water for the OAN network or and, whatever uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and so he also the night that we got kettled. He was outside of the kettle because this happened in the Pearl District. Because of course this happened in the Pearl District. Because for reasons that we just discussed, the Pearl District is a little more policed than other parts of town. Uh, he was outside of the kettle and he assaulted a reporter. <laughs> and oh he, my god! He, he shoved her and slammed her camera to the ground. And it's like, dude, you're doing property damage. <laughs> like, oh you not see what's going on here. I don't think it's about your windows. Is yeah, uh, it's clearly not You've mentioned kettling a number of times, and I want to before before I ask you what that is, I want to clarify a thing I also learned, which is like the 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 part I always find hilarious about riots is the police get to declare a riot. So even if it's just the five of you standing yep. there doing nothing, they can be like, "It's a riot!" Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. So they'll, they'll they'll do that when like they'll first declare an unlawful assembly, which I think is the thing that they're getting rid of, if I remember correctly. Um, they'll first declare an unlawful assembly, and like and. If, if 10 minutes if people don't leave they're like that's a riot <laughs> yeah people would just be out just standing not really doing anything and then they just immediately say riot and start spraying people you yeah. Can, yeah you can see I don't know if you can still see the videos online but like I would watch the streams and that would be like would be the funniest like funny in a like what the fuck kind of way where like this should be a scene in a movie like it shouldn't be a real life thing where yeah. people are just standing around and then somebody's like it's a riot and they get attacked like it's absurd yeah, well, it's, it's always broadcast through the Portland Police Bureau LRAD which is long-range acoustic device, which is also can be used as a weapon. A yeah, isn't weapon. that the thing that makes you have, like, really bad stomach pain and it's, stuff? It's a very high-pitched chirping sound. It sounds like the most obnoxious car alarm or property oh. alarm that you've ever heard. And if it's directed straight at you, it can physically harm you. Uh, it's, it's the real Havana syndrome. Yeah, it's, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I, still, I still can't get over that thing as but a it's, concept. It's basically, like, if you think of, like, how a laser, like, if it's a really strong focus laser can damage your retinas. This is the same thing, but with sound. Um, So basically, your best defense is to step to the side. Yeah, (laughs) or run the fuck away. I had it sneak up behind me, and Portland Police only uses it for announcements, um, because they were told they couldn't use the weapon function after they did one night, and uh, there were people in. After they were told that it's against the Geneva Conventions, they were like, "Oh, I guess we got to stop them." But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't it against the Geneva Convention to be using tear gas at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, there are multiple war crimes that they regularly do. Like it's nothing, but uh, I guess what happened was it's always Mount Tabor where there are people who will say, like, whenever there's a, th- a loud thing that happens, like we heard it all the way in Mount Tabor, and I, I just want the folks in Mount Tabor. To, to, to know that you're not as far away from everything as you think you are. Yeah. Maybe there was a time when that was the case, but the way that this city has grown, you're kind of in the middle of everything. That's just an aside. But yeah. um, I was getting messages from people like 
on Powell that they could hear it when uh, one of the nights that that people were at the Penumbra Kelly building. But yeah, it's it's super loud and super concentrated, and it's always this is the Portland Police Bureau, and that's just oh a sound God. that's ingrained in so many people's heads. Um, <laughs> we we call it DJ Elrad because it's got that vibe to it. Yeah, it. It's like he's showing up to MC. Oh my uh, gosh! (laughs) You need to get like one of those after after they do that. Like, oh my god! You guys have a lot of sound bites. Um, Other than your chanty chants, I like the chants. There, the chants are great. Who, there were a lot of people who showed up with speakers and would play silly stuff. Hell yeah! Like. <laughs> One night, I could simultaneously hear the Imperial Death March while uh, This Is America by Childish Gambino was playing at the same time. But but there was someone who regularly, whenever the riot police would show up, would start playing the Imperial Death March. So that kind of became like a sonic signal. Like if you didn't see the police showing up, you heard the Imperial Death March, you knew like, oh, there's a riot line coming. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) So that that actually does get me to tactics, which is like we talked about one, which is the L-Red. Apparently they don't use it. And kettling is basically trapping you in between. Like like, you're in a street and they put cops on either side so you're stuck right yeah and that can be really fucking dangerous too because people can get pressed in and like if there's an emergency you can't get access to the person who's having an emergency right exactly sorry i remember i was listening to a couple things about like the shit that was going on in dc kettling is very scary and also very boring (laughs) i had i had to pee the whole time so um yeah, so they, they trap you usually on a block Yeah, uh, where there are no other exits, which the Pearl is filled with. And what Rich people don't have they, to have they, safety. They, they arrested a few people that night, but what we gathered was that they were trying to get information on people because the order with which they re- they let people be released was first it was they tried to they tried to let people volunteer to leave. So they were like, Legal observers were first. Oh, <laughs> you know, the people you absolutely want to So To clarify what's a legal observer for my, for my, my stepmom, so to speak. Yeah, so they, they typically, right. legal observers typically work for a group of lawyers like I, the National Lawyers Guild or the ACLU. Those are the two that you most commonly see in Portland. It could be different elsewhere. I, I wouldn't be aware. But they're there to document... Um, your, how your rights are being abused. They're there to document arrests. Uh, they're uh, usually working behind the scenes as well so to help get people bailed out of jail for f- having the, for expressing their First Amendment rights and then being subsequently punished for it. So they're 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 like a, a non-government but like legitimate part of the process. Yeah, yeah. So journalists and medics don't count. Oh, like, but they're considered neutral, kind of, right? Based on like the Geneva Convention stuff, so, right? I guess, yeah. It de- it really depends, and that's what hey. it's kind of. How do you uh, how how do you get to be a legal observer? Like, can I just sh- can I just decide I'm one? Like, can I just show up and be like, hey, al a you? I don't know enough about the process. I know that, but some, there's a process. I think I there are some who are volunteers, and then you have to be registered with like the National Lawyers Guild. There are also jobs that you can have within the National Lawyers Guild. Like, it's a, it's professional. Okay. But 
Otherwise, I don't know a whole heck of a lot about what their structure is. But the important part is when you ask the people who are there to observe things in a legal manner for legal proceedings, you're planning on doing some illegal shit. Exactly. Like that's, that's the only thing I can take away from that. And it's funny, too, because it's like, okay, so that's pretty obvious if that's who you're asking to leave first. But then it's also like you're being obvious about it so why are you worried yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of confusing but yes at first was legal observers then 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 they said press could go next um or no it was maybe it was medically fragile people which that was the term that they used which i thought was kind of weird but uh basically what happened when you left because there weren't a ton of people leaving voluntarily. So they started... If you leave, are you getting arrested? Is that why? Or... No. Um, so... Because during, during the vault, the air quotes, voluntary leaving portion is, is you're, you're, you're kind of, you get out of jail free zone. Yeah, you're not, you wouldn't get arrested if you left, but not enough people were leaving, so they started grabbing people. The first people they started grabbing were journalists, which is, they, they got me pretty early on, and I was originally going to resist, but I also kind of wanted to see what was going to happen. And I was getting some info from people who'd already been pulled out, but I just wanted to really see it for myself. And also, I had to pee really badly. And it, it was dawning on me, based off of what was going on, that it was kind of damned if you do, fucked if you don't. Because I've never had to pee so badly. Jail seemed like an okay option, though. I would be... I'm just saying, it sounds yeah. like your bladder isn't very anti-fascist. So, so um, Sergeant John Oliphant walked up to me and said, "All right, Ben, you're next." And I was like, "Yeah, I guess they would know who I am at this point." And um, I mean, you you just know him by name as well, for yeah. what it's worth. Like, yeah, I was like, I don't know who you're talking about. Oh yeah, because so I'm he, he's the it. one who got punched out. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, he's a raging asshole. Just one of the worst. people people I've ever encountered. Super just turns on a dime. Super short temper. Um, It sounds like a lot of cops are like that. Yes, and he is particularly bad and he uses pepper spray a lot. He really, really, really likes pepper spraying people. Anytime he he decides that you're not doing you're with you're a centimeter outside of where you're supposed to be, he will pepper spray you. Uh, One night I was recording an arrest when there weren't a ton of people around and he's really big on staying on the sidewalk and so I had a foot in the street and I could see him looking at me with my foot in the street so I made a very in toddler-esque fashion stomped back onto the sidewalk Yeah. and he saw it and he goes thanks I was about to do something else and I was like I can imagine what you were about to do it's sorry it's just absurd the um, the 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 Everything about that is absurd. <laughs> I, 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 you, you fucked up words for me for a minute. Just yeah, because and the person like, that they were arresting was a uh, was a child. Because to add to that, of course. Yeah, it's. I don't know the thing. I can understand how we, like people, how civilians, can see them as the good guy still in a way. You know what I mean? Like I can, I can, under- me. <laughs> I, I can understand how the propaganda could work. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know how you could go to that job day in and day out. And think you're the good guys. Like after yeah. a while, you got, I guess so. Yeah, I guess that's 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 a lot of what I've heard. I want to take this opportunity to thank the patrons specifically. Uh, they absolutely make this show possible. They help me keep my phone on. I would like to someday be one of those people that is uh, exclusively funded by patrons. I don't actually 
don't tell Rochelle, but I don't want sponsors because I don't want people to tell us what to do. Um, they, they pulled me out and I, I did, I took a recording and I was recording my face for some reason. I, someone told me to do that. I don't know why, but it was kind of funny because they're leading me out and you can see their spy plane flying overhead. But, uh, they, they asked me for my name and my date of birth. And the first thing I've learned since then the first question I've learned is one that you absolutely have to answer. Um, I really, really, really wanted to say that my name was Ligma, but uh, I've been told by multiple lawyers that it's really good that I didn't do that. <laughs> so they wrote my name on a piece of tape and they put it on my chest and then they led me over to a van and took pictures and video of me up against the van with my name and my birthday on tape on my chest and so like a mugshot kind of but they didn't ask me to remove anything except for my mask they did a few pictures with my mask up and a few pictures of my mask off i was wearing my helmet my backpack my jacket the entire time pretty sure they wanted to keep a record of like what people were wearing yeah when they were there that night. So then they... And then you all had a makeover montage. <laughs> so they, right? they... Yeah, every everyone just got different black clothing. So, <laughs> so they took me then a block away. Was, there was a cop on me the entire time. And I basically got to a cordoned off, like a police tape check, checkpoint at the nearest intersection. And they told me, all right, your night's over. Um, if you stick around, you will be arrested. So I stuck around. And I, not much longer, because again, had to pee really bad, but I was there long enough to see someone get pepper sprayed when the police tried to take their speaker. And I also saw Jim Rice, the owner of the Fields Bar and Grill, assaulting a journalist. Like on good times. So. It's absurd. Just real quick, it's a, the, the part that keeps getting on me is like the amount of budget that we are spending on people who are like, can you just not, <laughs> can you just not murder? Like we're not even like I know I know the argument is defunding, but the overall favor, like the overall request is like, can, can you, you just not can murder? You not? Can you just can you just stop doing? Yeah. That. So so yeah. You know so, what bad guys do? Can you not do those things? <laughs> so basically, they had all this information on me: name, birthday, clothing, face, and I. I been pretty publicly facing at that point. I left my, like, uh, I stopped wearing press stuff after 2020. So that's sort of how they, they view me. And that's still mostly, that's that's what I do. If I'm on the ground, I'm, I'm tweeting and, and trying to film the cops. People who stayed, who refused to leave, eventually, after a few more hours, were arrested. And that did include two journalists. And that's why I say it was kind of a damned if you do, fucked if you don't yeah. situation, because either way they were getting information on you. There were people who criticized people for leaving, but it, it it's like, what was the you're point? Getting, you're, you're at risk of being doxxed by the police either way. 
Yeah, there's only, I, I also, like, my, my problem with every protest is, like, there's a hole in my back, and I know how well my body will handle violence, yeah. and so it's like, I can't go to the things I would want to go to, you know, and, yeah. and, and so I'm always, but that makes me, A, that makes me grateful for people who can, you know what I mean? Like, there's a, there's a part of me that's like, I swear to God, if I had three more vertebrae. It's weird because from that stance, you think of journalists as at the least, even if they're biased, they're just there to observe and report. No, that's like, why I would say legal observer would you, be fitting. Yeah, in, in a general sense, those words, I think, would apply. And my mentality in 2020, the reason I put on press stuff at all was because I saw that a lot of... Uh, a lot of journalists were getting arrested and so my mentality was we need more journalists I was wrong about that there are too many people on the ground reporting after a certain point it just became a too many cooks in the kitchen situation and a lot of them were people who should not have been trusted and violated a lot of boundaries with the people who they were trying to embed themselves with but My whole mentality was like, all right, I'm not going to break the law necessarily, but I am going to engage with the police. Because my, I always tried to, like, whenever the the riot police were out or whatever, I always tried to be as close to them as possible. And, like, I still got hit with all the munitions and hit with batons and grabbed and punched and this, that, and the other thing. I have not been arrested, and I'm sure some of that is the privilege of slapping on those press labels, but also plenty of journalists have been arrested, so I I honestly kind of don't know how I haven't, um, because all the other things happened to me. How much of it is, like, cops are kind of stuck in their way of thinking hierarchically and whatever, and I think some of it is just, you're, you're not famous enough so it's it's i, I don't i yeah. don't mean that in a, it felt dismissive as i said it but it's like if you're not a problem they're not going to care they know you by name and like uh, i would assume just like not to profile like i know anything if you think you're everybody's dad then you assume you know which kids are good and which kids you you, you intimidate yeah. and like i'm sure most of them are like well he never he, he doesn't do anything so he must be he, he must be well behaved or, or some yeah you might have certain things that they just resonate with like maybe he's one of the good ones so if i am an able-bodied person to to transition and i want to go to a protest in a fashion that i don't want to get arrested i'm not going my mindset is i'm going in i don't want to get arrested i want to support people doing something what should i how should i prepare i guess the best way would be to not appear to be conspicuous definitely show up with friends people who you trust let people know who aren't going to the protest that you're there yeah i mean generally you don't want to have like your phone on you and most people would say if you're not gonna block up then don't show up block up meaning dress in all black yeah yeah um because that's what adds to more people who are actually blocked up, the, the more it actually works as a tactic in terms of preserving people's anonymity. Because the idea is to give give people face blindness, so because everybody's <laughs> yeah. just dressed in black. It's, it's yep. yep, and and so I think the cops are black. It's 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 so that the cops can't identify you, and it's so that your 
enemies on the other front can't identify do you, you do you get a lot of that to to jump off track a little bit from where i was going but is there have you had a lot of interaction in that sense do you, do you have to worry about that i guess like i don't i don't even know what question i'm asking there um so i've always been concerned and wary and what i would tell people is to earn people's trust you have to show them respect so if someone is very clearly suspicious of you then you want to not give them any reason to be more suspicious and honor that. Like, it's basically someone coming up and saying, like, like most people will do it really well. They'll ask you, they'll say hi to you, and they'll, ask, they'll start asking you just basic questions. Because if you're, like, a far-right infiltrator or whatever, you're probably going to reveal yourself pretty quickly based on how you talk to other people but um sometimes people will just straight up say like hey you're, you're making people uncomfortable and so my response to that is if anyone had ever said that to me i would just say all right do you want me to leave yeah and then i would leave and that's not happened to me i've i i'm sure i have is it bad suspicious. that i kind of want to see you do like the real housewives of x y and z when someone gives you that feedback and you have a glass of white wine and you just throw it in their face <laughs> i'm sorry that's just all i'm seeing this I, moment i've seen it happen to so many other people where they just they throw, throw, throw temper tantrums sometimes I, i've i've yes and i've i've seen people handle it well i've seen people handle it badly I've seen people who are definitely trustworthy have suspicion directed towards them. It it happens. I and also so it, my I guess sorry my my personal mentality is if I'm making anyone uncomfortable, I will immediately try to do whatever it takes to make sure they're comfortable. And if that means getting the fuck out of there, then it means getting the fuck out of there. I don't take it personally. Yeah. I can understand why for people it would be hard not to take it personally, but I just, I just go, okay, there's no reason for this conflict. There's no, like, there's no winning if I'm done this, this or, is, yeah. or whatever. You gotta get rid of a good amount of your ego to do collective action. Yep. Uh, sorry, there's just somebody I knew who who had kind of the the opposite reaction where they were like, well, it's important that I'm here. And, and my thought has always been, whatever the cause is, if you actually believe in it, then you don't need to, not to dismiss it, but you don't need to be there that exact second then. Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. it's going to be there tomorrow. You'll it's have gonna, other opportunities. And it's, it's more important to make the people who are already there, who are en masse and expressing like, hey, you're we're not we're not feeling inclusive of you is a good sign of like okay then i'll come back later when it's not you know a protest like let's have this conversation yeah and i think it's just even outside like protests and stuff people are encounter are coming up to you and saying you're making them uncomfortable like you should do what you can to correct that i went to a protest in 2020 you reached out to me afterwards when i talked about it because it was a pretty overwhelming experience we started up at peninsula park we had like the person talk about how to march and like how to deal with if the cops interact with you da, 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 da. and then we started marching and like we walked down MLK and we ended up walking by that police station that's on MLK. I kind of stopped there and just stare at the cops there because like they're you know just to the nines covering all their tactical gear. They have a bunch of like zip ties hanging from their waist just ready to go and all like with this tough stance and I was just really overwhelmed and I've said this to Pat before where it's just like I know these are human beings and I know that like at least with most of them there is someone that they care about in their life and that they are kind to because I don't think all of them are just pure monsters Yeah. and so it's just so frustrating to me that they can't see that they are cutting off their empathy in such a harmful way. It's- yeah. So we walked by that. I like was crying, staring at these cops. 
And then we get down to downtown, like we cross the bridge and we get down to the Justice Center and immediately people start lighting off firework shells and then they start throwing tear gas canisters. Like, and I didn't know what landed next to me and it was a tear gas canister and I didn't know you should have like goggles like this. So I had like swim goggles and they weren't on yet. So I tried to put them on as quick as possible. So I got a yeah. bunch of tear gas in my eyes. <laughs> one of my, one of my first times getting tear gassed, I immediately pulled out my water and started rinsing my eyes out. And there was this guy behind me. who's like, you should get out of the tear gas first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, otherwise it's not going to work. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh yeah, good point. Well, I'm like, I realized that it's tear gas and I just hurt. And I didn't get to like, breathe any in because I had like a bandana over my face but like I just turn around and just like put my heads in my hand and start crying and walking away <laughs> yeah well <laughs> like, it's it, it's it's overwhelming especially if you're yeah. not used to it like it's it, and it's meant to it make you panic yeah um, yeah so luckily get the fuck out of there there was like someone who's like who needs help who needs help and Corey's like Rochelle my girlfriend needs help please come help her. And they like did the thing and it got better. And I just sobbed a lot. And then we walked away. But like that really, <laughs> that really scared me from wanting to continue to protest. And like the main reason I wanted to be there is that I wanted to be the shield for the marginalized groups that are being attacked. And the you, most. Yeah. Like, I was so willing to do that. And then I realized like, Oh, you're a giant baby. Well, <laughs> the, it, it, but you faced it though. Yeah. And now you know exactly Next time that happens, like... Also, my period's been wild ever since. Yes. It's fucking great, yes. and I love it. I love how unpredictable and unpleasant lots, my menstrual cycle has become. Lots of people with uh, uteruses have had some serious issues. That's what I've heard. And, like, and, and it's great that it just, you know, got into a playground at least once, twice, a few times. Like, Yeah, that was the feds. Uh, there's an elementary school right next to the ice facility and so there was groups of people who would volunteer to clean up the playground on multiple occasions um, which is the thing i think people might not realize because of the narrative that they're presented with is that there are people volunteering to clean up the next day like there are people showing up like if there is a riot if there are people like kicking in windows and shit there's people who show up the next morning to clean shit up yep. like it happens just as right just as anarchic uh, uh mutual aidy as um fucking the riot is in 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 principle the the, the riot is what is yeah. exciting to see yeah. on screen but there's so much more going on outside of that and so a lot of the same people who go to protests are also involved in mutual aid yeah um, and then that's also an opportunity for people who for whatever reason um, the front line is not for them and i've i've directed people to jail support um, that's a big thing that is Pain constantly and, needed. Uh, it's uh, you're there picking for, them up, like oh, driving over and picking them up that, too. That's another aspect of it. You're, mm -hmm. you're basically there for when people are released, and you provide them with comfort and care. And I little did I know that like jail support can also run into some wild situations. <laughs> so I'd be I'd be sending people to help with jail support, and then they they tell me like a little while later like oh yeah we've had to deal with all these conflicts of like right wingers showing up and and people who aren't in the best uh mental health uh causing problems with the the unhoused residents of that are around that area yeah. and they spend a lot of time helping out those people and so i i would hear those stories and i'd just be like 
Oops, that scares me more than the police. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather deal with the police. Because <laughs> that's a very specific direct threat. While we drifted off into a tangent, I wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you for listening. Really, sincerely, thank you for listening. Uh, and if you could tell your friends about it, if you're enjoying it, that would be awesome. It really would be. Because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, everything we do is thanks to the listeners and the supporters. Uh, I mean, I would do this anyhow, but then I'm just like a crazy guy in my bedroom talking into a microphone. But with a show, I'm still a crazy guy talking into a microphone it's just there's there's people agreeing with me so thank you for making me a very specific kind of crazy guy i heard a lot of the things like fuck when you go to the protest there was the the dude who was like barbecuing every night for a while and feeding people and that even became a wild story that was right? riot ribs and the first attacks on riot ribs were from the police and then like they, they literally they, they, they pepper sprayed the grills and so I knew people who uh, after that happened reassembled the grills and just made basically a new one pe- pepper sprayed pepper spray ribs ooh, ooh. Oh, they, they sprayed the meat too they they were deliberately fucking with aid because they were also destroying medical supplies water mm-hmm. stuff like that flashing people's tires yes. the, the part that never makes sense to me is it's like if you're if you're the good guys you should at least be on board with that part you yeah. know what i mean like well this happened with the black panthers like they were trying to help feed student like schools like uh kids and then the cops would go and fuck with them it's giving just, their free food know, away it's just so it's just so cartoonishly evil and yet yeah. you and yet to still give into it. It, it 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 seemed to be that it was a source of morale boosting for them to have because riot ribs because people loved riot ribs and this the second attack on riot ribs was they were basically forced out by grifters who were armed and violent about it and took over oh, and the, the operation and were basically trying to profit off of it, essentially. So it wasn't safe for the original Riot Ribs people to continue to be Riot oh Ribs. Oh, my gosh. Free, basically. That's cool. That's dope. That's excellent. So, yeah, that was all very suspicious and connected to a bunch of other weird stuff that I don't have the capacity to get into. If people are interested in potentially engaging in protests wherever they are, what are some good resources so people can educate themselves on proper etiquette and safety? I would say go on Crime Think, which is spelled with a a C rather than a K. Just look up Crime Think. They have a ton of resources that are applicable. And from there, you can find other zines that are published online that'll help you prepare. And I would also... 100% 100% recommend trying to go into it with someone else. Okay. And then another question. What is a good way to see red flags about events that people are having? Because there's been some of that that I've heard about in Portland where the yeah. flyers, it's like... Aah! Well, I would say at this point, don't ever show up to anything that's advertised on the internet. Okay. Um, unless you are prepared for a fight it to be weird, well, because I mean that's there are a, a fight, bunch of things that can a, a fight in that like the 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 far right response seems to be escalating more. Clearly, they're shooting people in parks, so like clearly yeah. it's escalating. And 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 so that's that that, that I guess that'll be our segue. But yeah. also, but also, um, I, I guess I would be wary of anyone who is trying to make an event about 
himself. Anyone who is really hogging the mic, so to speak, um, these these are red flags. And uh, anyone who asks you to like give personal information or give that's a red flag. Um, or money. That's always a red flag. I mean, if, if the money is for them, you know yes. what I mean? Like there's been, yeah. th- that's been the number one thing that's I, kept me from a lot of people that I used to like was like, Oh, you're just asking for money for you. I would, I would, I would recommend approaching nonprofits who organize things cautiously. It's not to say that these are definitely bad things. It's just, it's a red flag. So you should be cautious about, you should be cautious about how you approach anything, but some things are bigger red flags than others. And yeah, uh, uh, Rose City Justice is a group that I would I would definitely specifically stay away from, um, but I don't think that they're super active. Are anymore, there any so. any false flags one should worry about, be it police or far right? Because because I mean that like, that mindset I had as a younger person of like they're both the same side, Democrats and Republicans has has led to it's definitely like I don't know which fans aren't Nazis like I don't yeah like before the mask stuff started being things protested against there was one a while ago where someone did like a for the shit, shit it was something in Gresham and it was, was like was it for the children kind of shit yeah and it was like it well, was framed like QAnon I it was framed very like broadly but then was very clearly once you started finding out who was involved it was like a very specific crowd of people and they had very specific interests for the kids yeah I, I guess going to it with a clear vision of who you are and what you're trying to represent and what you're trying to bring to the table and know that you can always just leave is 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 something yeah. that I would recommend. And also go into it with the mentality of spreading calm rather than spreading fear. Um, so if you see something that's suspicious, then you want to try to get as much information about that as as possible. So there's a difference between a truck with a thin blue line sticker on it and a truck with full on Nazi flags. Yeah. Like there there's a, there's a gulf of a difference. But the thin blue line is still someone you should probably be wary yeah, of. You you can probably guarantee that that person is not going to be friendly to you, but. It's it's on another level. Yeah. Then if, and, and then in in between. It, between it depends two, on how loud like you say the quiet parts in exactly. your visual presentation. Yeah. How easy would it be to cart a trebuchet next to the Apple Store so we can launch some concrete bricks over those metal fences? Hypothetically. And break glass. Hypothetically. I think Apple would. Probably have the resources to stop you faster than law enforcement. I, I can't. Speculate. Do they have good security? I think do. I can, but I can't speculate. As Apple's, to exactly Apple's what mercenaries that would look like. are are none the best mercenaries in the computer industry. <laughs> like Android mercenaries, like they they they're. I mean, I think the big part of the reason we want to talk about this, I'm like, and we wanted to talk to you specifically, is that it is nice to talk to someone who's actively engaging in protests and is actively participating in Antifa because. There are a lot of people who really don't get it, and there are a lot of people who see it as a problem when it's like, as soon as you explain to them, like, do you like fascism? And they're like, no. And it's like, cool, then if you get rid of fascism, you won't have anti-fascists. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it, like, you don't want me to complain about cryptocurrency? Get rid of the cryptocurrency. People, people only really see a very small side of it, mm-hmm. and it, that side is particularly blown up. And another thing that, like, we talk about media framing is there's always this instinct to both sides it 
which I mean, we really saw a huge example of that after uh, the, the the events in Charlottesville in 2017. And good people on both sides. Good people on both sides. And like, like everyone, yeah, like Trump said it, but like a lot of people, right? People they, believe that's it. That's what a lot of people believe, and that's how they want to frame it because then you can just view it as, oh, this is outside of my life. These are just two extremes who are going at each other. This this doesn't affect me. It's the Tina Fey let them eat cake on weekend update that she did. Yeah, it's it's disorder yeah. and disorder is bad. Yeah. And why can't why can't there just be order so I can be comfortable? Yeah. But and like another reason we wanted to talk to you is because pretty recently there was a I wanna say murder. I'm gonna yeah. say murder at a Portland protest um, that has been definitely misrepresented, or at least, like, because a lot of national and international coverage is going to rely on uh, what the police said happened, they're not getting the full story of what occurred that night. And we wanted to talk to you because you have a better insight of what what occurred. Yeah, and to clarify, I wasn't there. All I... What I know is from what people who were there have publicly So you're like a second-hand source, but that's fine. But but it's also you're you're giving... Like, I I just said this like five times. I I can't... I don't want to because I'm pretty sure me going to a protest just ends in me paralyzed. Yeah. Like, I, I would love to not be in that state, but you, so you're you're a person that we both know is is in that world, so to speak. Uh, yeah, and I've, I've been in s- s- not similar situations, but in that environment to where... How to frame this. Um, I've been in situations where things could have gone a lot more south than they did, We've like they did in this particular situation. The the music that the audience will hear at the start and the end of this, the, the, the little bleeps, comes from an Aesop Rock thing where uh, it's just a bunch of shit he didn't use in tracks. Oh, nice. Uh, and it, but some of the music will, it, it's a lot of it will be like, and then something will be added to that. And we're experiencing that with cycles of violence where we've, they've, the protest cycle has followed itself and the new kind of cycle is all right the escalation to murder by people outside of it and you're familiar with the cycle kind of before this especially yeah and uh, the the people who are responsible for allowing things to happen like this and for basically the stochastic terrorism that leads to a lone wolf acting on their own and committing an act of violence. Even though I imagine he was probably super active on places like Telegram. He he was um, very vocal about his nationalist and anti-Semitic and homophobic beliefs. Actually, I don't want to say homophobic. I don't know that for sure. I think he might have been, though. He was in... Wait, let's, let's set the stage. Of yeah, there yeah has been, so this was a protest. A protest that my understanding is it's been a regular thing. Yeah, so... Uh, that, that was actually why I wanted to talk to you, because I saw you post about how it was a regular thing that people went to or something. That, maybe it wasn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this it is, wasn't, like, out of the ordinary or, like, super out of control or anything. Right, yeah, so this was something that happened on a weekly basis. It's the March... Um, that it, it takes place in different locations around the city, and it's led by Latha Winston, the mother of Patrick Kimmins, who was murdered by Portland police in 2018. So this is um, something that's been going on for a long time. Uh, like we said, weekly basis. They gather in usually a park, and then they march. There are speeches, and there are there's a whole system of people who act 
collectively to make sure that this can happen the same um, framework as safely of, as possible. Yeah, the same framework of people who show up the next morning and start cleaning up are also there to make sure traffic jams don't actually happen and like yeah, nobody yeah. gets hurt from cars going down the wrong street and shit like that. Yeah, so the people that um, this guy targeted were called corkers and they're, they're the ones who direct traffic and when you're marching in the streets especially in the United States you've got to deal with a lot of people in their vehicles who are very entitled to their space and their time on the road in their vehicle so it's a very very dangerous well yeah and job. how many places have passed laws now that it is legal to run over a protester exactly so um, so it's seen by people as something that's a lot more it's it's associated with with this this seeing people block a road basically to a lot of americans is seen as an act of violence in and of itself and so because that's how convenient like, so many people's fucking lives are and that's yeah. why that's why horseshoeing this is so obnoxious to me because it's like there's a group of people who are stopping traffic and momentarily inconveniencing you or meaning you have to go right instead of straight and there's a fucking murderer and yeah. th those two things Sorry. Well, yeah, because it's literally a march. It's moving. So all you have to do if just you're wait. in traffic and you encounter a march is just wait. And if you immediately start acting aggressively, then people are going to get defensive because you're in a vehicle. I've seen this happen so many times where people are told, hey, can you just wait? And they flip out. And that's what gets you negative attention from other people who are around. So the best thing that you can do is to just calm down. If you encounter a protest or a march yeah. or whatever, you're in your vehicle, calm down. And if it isn't a march, if it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere, turn around. Yeah. It's a city. There are what do you do when the around. train's in the way? I what do you do then? You go on you go on social media and you complain that you get stuck on Southeast 11th. That's, yeah, that's, I, that's what, what you do. do. You know you know what's, what's super annoying to me? I had a friend die on my hands. I've mentioned this. Uh, in, and part of it was because of traffic. Because it was hard to get to the hospital. There wasn't any fucking protest for that. It was just December in Portland. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I understand showing up to a thing and maybe being in like, oh shit, I'm late for work or the kids need me. Yeah, that absolutely yeah. makes sense. But, but again, you can also say... That again doesn't equate to murder. Right. No. It's, it's well, my, my overall argument is it's like none of these things equal a person should stop being for that. Like, yes. If, and if you literally only have that way through, you can say like, hey, like, this is my only way through. And a lot of times people just back up and they'll, they'll let you go Because we understand. Yeah. I, like, I say we as if I've been there, but like people yeah. understand. One understands. I'll let the streetcar through. A lot of the time, not always, but a lot of the time. Suck in streetcar. I'll let we'll the trimat through. Let the buses through. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck the streetcar. Oh, that's right. The streetcar <laughs> street street is useless bourgeois toy. Like, yeah. Um, that's, that's the, name, the name of the woman who was murdered. Yeah, June Knightley, oh. and uh, she was known as T-Rex. Hell and yeah. So she's been involved in a lot of other um, a, a lot of other activities throughout the city um, with regards to housing, um, queer support, yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, so she's, she's a very, very protective, outgoing, warm person. A big part of the community, and it sounds like she was doing a lot to help people. Yeah, she's a helper. She's very much a supportive person. And so that's the type of person who's attracted to corking 
Uh, it's you're literally protecting people, and so this guy, Ben Smith, went straight for the Corkers. Those he he just went straight to them. Is what they said. Yeah, and it, it's worth noting that it's been portraying him as a homeowner, and I know that's. I, I feel like a homeowner versus a renter is a non-distinction in terms of how safety is going to feel. But I, and your right to exist in a community. Yeah, but I do. I I, I but do it's still think used. Yeah, it's it's used to frame us particular as a particular kind of person. Like, it's like, an it's yeah, an yeah, over validation of his right to do what yeah. he did. Well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you how that played out. We were talking about framing and whisper down the alley. I talked to someone recently who wouldn't have any like skin in this game basically who just doesn't have know, a horse in this fight does, doesn't have a wallaby in this humdinger <laughs> uh, I, this person said to me you know this is just what I heard I don't know if this is true but I heard that they were messing with his house and I said that's not true but you're not alone in either assuming that or like, I, I can totally or, see based off of how it was reported that that would be a thing that people would think happened. Because, again, we're going back to what happens with the police. Like, oh, they must have been doing something. To yeah, no, yeah, no. Everybody, like, if the cops do something, it's because it was warranted. Some, there, must, there must have been something that these people... Well, what was she victims, wearing? There must have been something that these victims were doing wrong. I mean, this this can't possibly be so cut and dry. Yeah. Yeah, well, so, that comes back to this lie that we've been told for so long that the world is fair. Exactly. Sorry. I just, <laughs> I, I've I, been coming I, back to that a lot lately. Here's, here's, here's my problem with that is it's... It's it's half a premise, which is the world isn't fair, but it can be. Like we yeah. can we no, can it make can it fair. Be. That's the part that always bugs me is the people we who are like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's we talk about this being a known march, it's also a known fact. People show up armed to these marches to ostensibly. Which is fair. Exactly. Like And so this is portrayed by someone like Andy No as this is an inherently violent extremist leftist march and associated with that is the worst thing that you could possibly do, which of course is property damage. So you have this storm of things that are Who would technically think of the windows. Yeah, you have, have this storm of things that are all technically true, yeah. but they're connected in a context that is just so divorced from reality that this foments a kind of entitled rage amongst the types of people who follow and are a lot of people are radicalized by people like Andy No. And Wait, isn't he a cement milkshake guy? Yes. To to give the audience my relationship with him, it's he's the person who inspired me to do all this because I was like, if he thinks he deserves to exist, I deserve to exist. I deserve to think I'm valid and to present things to people. Anti no action. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I find it fascinating because like I came from a relatively conservative community. I went to a relative like. Great Falls is probably like middle of the road, but probably leans more conservative. Mm-hmm. And then I went to a liberal college, and then I moved out to Portland. And that whole time, I became more left, and I became more radicalized. And he fucking grew up here, and it just went the exact opposite direction. And that just blows my mind. Like, And it's not because I necessarily think that leftist ideas are always the right ideas, but 
to me, when I look at the way the world has worked, I pay attention to what I learned as a history student and a political science student. Typically, leftist politics policies are actually interested in addressing the problems of the most marginalized communities. And like, you look at Christian theology, and it's about do the least, do do the most for the least. And I'm like, why the fuck can't Christians connect those two things? Yeah. Oh, prosperity gospel. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. See, I was I was born ish, raised ish here. And like the the reason I ended up the way I am is because Portland does that thing I mentioned earlier of saying liberal is as far left as you go. So I managed to be poor white trash and liberal at the same time, even though that doesn't really like equate, I guess, if that makes sense. Because normally you tend to go more anarchist immediately or fucking blue line guy. Yeah, you don't tend to be white trash liberal for as long as I was, I don't think. <laughs> I just really quickly wanted to thank the patrons, the the patrons, the the Patreon, the the people who make this possible. Uh, I know I try to show you guys my gratitude with the the exclusives, you know, like the episodes that are just the stitched together tangents, and 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 the the story times where I I read you guys books and and articles and stuff. Well, not books, stories. I mean, probably someday we'll get up to a book. I kind of actually have have an idea for that. It's just it's just, just going to take enough patrons to, to get there. Uh, is this is this an ad for the Patreon.com forward slash recyclables inside of the thank you to my patrons? No, because I'm not that crass. It's a thank you to those people and a, a, a sort of Hey, oh shit, it is an advertisement. God. God damn it. Oh. Well, I mean, you can still go there. It turns out I'm a sellout. Sorry, King. Back to the show. Yeah, but look, Andy, no, he's a Grifter. YouTuber. YouTube streamer, editor, writer, tweeter. Mm-hmm. He, he's kind of like stir. He really is like all the things I want to be, but like the antimatter version. Like he's just, he's like the Ben Shapiro version. Yeah, he he he, he prof- wishes he was Ben Shapiro. He he profits off of allowing people to us to 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 validating people's assumptions about people who are different from them, and so Fox News. He, in a very concentrated fashion. In a millennial way? Kinda, yeah. He does Fox News, but it's cute. He's been losing steam lately. A lot of uh, advertisers have been... Pulling out? Yeah, because they don't realize that they're, like, the service that they pay for their advertising under places them on his websites. And so people with large platforms on Twitter call them out call them out and then they'll go oh no (laughs) and and so he's been he's been having a a rougher time lately and he has a faux British accent he's a fake British accent it's uh he did not sound like that prior to 2017 I was gonna say he does sound I I want to make two clarifications now that we've talked about a little bit more one he does sound a little maybe mentally like he sounds like he needs like a professional in his life a little bit too from some of the the like but the other end is when when I say we're the antimatter that what I mean is I don't want people listening to our shows and thinking like oh the world is out to get me I want them to think like oh we should work together 
and like build communities and help each other and it, what yeah. no does is much more like no there is fucking a deep state and a fucking oh the, 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 all of these people who are different actually have power over you all of these marginalized people actually are the ones who are causing problems yeah that's that's what dudes like this and corporate media companies that are similar in a broader fashion that's the the fear that they play on that they stoke into rage and that's what ultimately ends in tragedy and violence because america is like 250 years of telling different groups of poor people it's another group of poor people's fault that you're poor. Yeah. And like, it, it's a game we've played for a really long time and guys like no benefit off it. He's not the only one. He's and, just the one I know of in particular from Portland because he's. And yeah. And he plays on people who hate identity politics, but he also uses identity politics. Uh, yeah. He's Andy now is, is a gay Asian man. I did not so know he was gay. That, that gives him Milo isn't anymore though. Quiet plausible deniability and plausible deniability is something that the that has come to be a hallmark of the alt right throughout the last decade. Is that well, like the okay s- signal, like of course it means okay. Like it, it, it that's so, so they, they can, can use do it, it sneaky as a signal to each other. It's a dog whistle. Well, and then <laughs> this is also like like basketball players will hold this up for, for a three-pointer. So it, it's just, there's so many different meanings of this thing, but when these people use it in this context, like, you know what you're doing. That's how a dog whistle works. <laughs> exactly. So right. so I don't want you to feel uncomfortable, so if you're not comfortable going, I can, I can sense your discomfort if, well, unless well, I'm projecting. They basically... I just want to be as careful as possible with how I, I talk about this. I mean, you can just because, give us bare bones details. Well, well, yeah, because I don't want to... The goal is not to traumatize our audience. It's yeah, to make yeah, them aware. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, like, the point that I, I, I'm trying to impart is the, the media framing and spectacle that has all these different players from corporate media down to dudes like Andy No, down to the police and random right-wingers and telegram Down to just people in Portland this, talking to each this other. This swarm, this storm is what ultimately led to this happening. And then as soon as it happened, you could see it starting back up again. Yeah, it's that cycle I was talking about exactly. where it's like, it's like up until now, up until kind of the the escalate, the norms have changed because it used to be there have always been counter protesters in these events which was something I was going to yeah. get into and that the police are pretty casual and pretty comfortable with whatever they do against mm-hmm. more more left even people who aren't necessarily leftist because that's another thing about these protests is like people who are kind of politically apolitical or neutral or whatever or don't know that they have skin in the game so to speak um, will go to these just because they're like no I think it's wrong I murder bad like that's <laughs> overall yeah. everyone agree murder bad there's a very small group of people who don't agree murder bad somehow they're in charge of everything yeah <laughs> well and, and that's probably because something... they're okay with the murder that's, it's, that's yeah, yeah. So you gotta you gotta you gotta get if you want to be in power you gotta get comfortable with uh, some killing yeah one thing that's important to note and i mean I, I think this is common probably in other communities but it's very specific to portland is that the cops and like the proud boys and probably patriot prayer as well sometimes it's indiscernible 
who is actually like like what there is any different that same cop that sees perspective you, or like goal that same cop who scenarios. sees like a protester as as like a child that they are going to interact with my understanding is tend to see the right wingers like the right wing counter protesters as like the older kids like the kids yeah. that you don't need to look after because like they're they're just they're just they're just a little racisty they just get a little they'll get over it Portland police like there there was a literal quote that I'm gonna paraphrase. Uh, that was basically like they saw the far right as being more mainstream than the left, so that's why they treated them differently. And then you also have them communicating with each other, yeah, in a way that they would never do with yeah. with leftist protesters. Left. Yeah, well, and like the stuff that happened with we can censor out his name, but like with with where like the guy who fucking attacked him and his ex-partner who was pregnant at the time that dude was like inner like talking with the cops a bunch and they were like covering they would warn him like hey there's a warrant out so you should so don't show up at this but like who was literally threatened by this man with his pregnant ex-partner we're talking about tiny yeah yeah but um but yeah and he's finally like finally facing consequences like real consequences and that was what 2017 yeah that was fucking forever he's done a lot of damage since then and And it's finally catching up i think the important part of framing it as they see it as the mainstream is pointing out that like well if if what they're doing is kind of you know white supremacist and kind of fashy what does that say about the mainstream yeah. yeah. Like, it, what is that? It really does. Exactly. I think that's the the problem is we, in my problem, I don't know. I think we, as a, as a country overall, those apolitical people have had a nice long time to not see the problem. Be it that they're liberal and it doesn't matter to them because of profit, be it because they're like me and it's like, I don't, I can't do much besides yell or, or whatever that I think a lot of people did don't question what the mainstream is and how it influences them and so they have that same bias in themselves yeah and so to set this up this is actually related to this murder is there's now um, a memorial that's been established in the park and it's a it's basically a a 24 7 vigil vigil where people um, are routinely showing up laying flowers paying respects and there's been a mural and some spray paint and stuff that's um, there specifically to honor um, T-Rex. The, the, the T-Rex the, the, and the other victims as well. Yeah, because he and shot five people, just, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... Sorry, people don't think about this as much. Is it's like okay, there's one murder victim, and then there are five physical casualties, and, and there's everybody who was around who has the PTSD of oh god, that was me, but I was an inch to the left. It seems like for the most part, like the city and the people in this neighborhood, from what I've gathered so far, are pretty okay with people hanging out in a park and remembering a murder victim. But KGW ran an article that tried to make it seem like people were sick of it. People are concerned about the campers. They, they called it a camp. So, so it basically it's, so this, this probably might not even reflect the people who actually live, the the, the opinion of the people who actually live in this area, who, as far as I can tell, seem to be supportive of people who are grieving and who are mourning, Um, at least okay with it being there. But this particular article and what it speaks to in terms of how the corporate media 
tries to frame things. Manufactured consent, right? This is for liberal NIMBYs who, as far as I can tell, the linchpin of the NIMBY ideology is to just never, ever want to be reminded that there is suffering ever. Yeah, I don't want to see, I don't want to see the cost of my success. Exactly. We were talking about how that article is definitely misrepresenting the memorializing of T-Rex and the other people who were shot during that demonstration. What is happening to the man who shot them as of now? He was arrested and charged by the DA. Do you think that um, based on what you've seen happen in protests that like the prosecutors are actually going to be interested in pursuing this or that's going to get drug out and like he's not going to get away with it because there is such clear video evidence that they used to press the charges i think that he will go to prison for probably a long time but i just don't know i also i don't even know if he's out of the hospital yet because he got shot by a, by yeah a, he, he got shot they were trying to take him down which is I think honestly what what good guy with a gun good guy with a gun good guy with a gun <laughs> yeah they could have ran with that but instead they used that to yeah where's the it, NRA talking about this they, they tried to make it seem more like it was a confrontation it was a yeah. content, it was a shootout and I guess instead of a guy walking up to unarmed women peaceful people I guess and, keep, yeah keep in mind for 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 the audience in the future, the thing to keep in mind is we can, I think we're wrapping up the shooting part is, yeah. right, is that you, this, the story is going to, this is the new cycle. This is where it's going to be at least when we hear about things like this, like this is the new threshold, I think. Yeah. And so we're going to, I guess, I, 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 I try to give our audience something to like uh, hang their hat on, like something to go away from this of like, okay, what can, what do I need to be prepared for? And we've kind of already described what they can do as far as like help the, the jail organizations and also like actually think critically when you, we always tell people to think critically when you engage with the articles. Well, and like also in the words of Scar, be prepared. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think this is a good, uh, this is a good case study, though, of what protests in Portland are like. Not in that people get shot all the time, yeah. but that the stories that you're going to see from, like, state media, sometimes city media, but definitely also national media, are going to misrepresent what happened, and they're going to skew either moderate or potentially conservative on how they are going yeah. to report it. And it's important to note that a lot of this is because local reporting will rely almost exclusively on what the police are saying. Yeah. And Portland's police. Because then they don't have to do their job. And this isn't the only case where a ostensibly a leftist person has been murdered and the police didn't do anything about it. But now they kind of have to because, because there was footage. There's tons of people there. Yeah. But I mean, I think I think that sums it up. So oh. I, I, I did. I wanted I, I, the thing I was thinking of before, which was that I, the the problem with Portland police narrating it is that the reason, like, it, we are a relatively small town or city, as we've mentioned, and like our police are so fucked that it kind of elevates situations like this. Yes. So if, if our local media is relying on our awful police, then they're not going to have accurate information. It's not going to transpose. I was mm-hmm. sorry. I just wanted, I was like, what was that thought I was having? It was right there. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway. 
Okay, okay, non-native advertising. Uh, I wanted to actually take a minute and thank the patrons in the middle of this rather long episode because this one took a lot of work and it wouldn't have been possible without you guys. So thank you, Edwin Shives. Uh, they're actually a worker at Plaid who heard about the work that we were doing, so that's super awesome. Thank you, Stephanie Oxford. You're you're just badass, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Tal Palmer, a.k.a. I, I totally forgot your clown name. Clown Malarkey. Clown Malarkey. Tal Palmer. You guys should check out Clown Malarkey. They're hilarious. Thank you, Whitney Hempson. Um, that might be... That, that might be... That might be Street, in which case... What up, Street? Um, thank you, Nova Starlust. Um, God damn it, I owe you a hug for a whole variety of reasons. I really hope you're doing well. Um, thank you, Robert Campbell. They have uh, an awesome uh, print business that you, you all should check out. Thank you, Andrea Miller. You are just a fantastic supporter of comedy, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Ben Menard. Also, fucking... <laughs> I just read what your email name is. I'm not going to put it on blast, but it is hilarious. Uh, thank you, Linda Grimes. Holy crap, you're like my other mother. I miss you. We should hug sometime. Thank you, Claire, uh, Daphne, and also Pearl. Thank you. I hope. I hope, I hope we haven't scared Pearl off. Thank you, Chelsea Taylor, number one supporter of art. And thank you, Butterface Creations. If you if you, if you all are supporting me and you have the opportunity, I really suggest supporting Butterface. Uh, they do amazing artwork. Thank you, Carrie Davis. Uh, I think I saw your hair. It looked amazing recently. That's how intimate I am with some of my patrons. <laughs> thank you, Erica. Uh, how you doing, sis? Thank you, Ash, and your lovely wife. Uh, I, I just assume like you guys are a package deal, so 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 d tell her thank you as well. Uh, thank you, Chella. This is mostly my family. This is mostly my family supporting my project. And you know what? I I guess if this is all the only way we can anarchy, I guess this is how we anarchy. Uh, that made it weird at the end. I don't I don't know why I did that. But thank, thank, thank the whole bunch of you, all, all of you. And again, if you want me to ramble a thank you at you occasionally, uh, you can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash recyclables. Let's wrap up the interview. No, but I figured we should ask you about the soccer situation in regards to Russia and Ukraine because I saw that they're still allowed to play. No, they're, they're not anymore. Not anymore because yeah. the last time I heard they were still allowed to play, but they had to play in neutral cities. They well, I mean, maybe they changed it again, but so this is okay, a while ago. yeah. So they were gonna try to do the thing that the Olympic Committee did, which is they're gonna have them like they can't have their flags and. They would have to be called something other than Russia that still had Russia in the name, and I guess we're like the Russian Association of yeah. Soccer Players. <laughs> People were like, "Come on, dude!" And yeah, so, they were like, so the last that I had seen was that they banned Russia from international competitions, and their club teams can no longer participate in uh, continental tournaments like the Champions League and the Europa League. So, so what's a club team like in comparison to like a national team? Is that would a club team kind of be like a, a team in a state in Montana in America, like how we yes. have different basketball teams or whatever? Yeah, yeah, that would be the club level. And then the international level is uh, because the game is so professionalized. The international level is um, a bunch of players from different teams that 
represent that country assemble together to play okay. and represent their country. Okay. Is there an actual meritocracy in soccer? Is, 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 does that exist? I think for the most part, sports are one of those things where you kind of like... That, 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 that question you really, really can only succeed if you are actually yeah. genuinely good at it. But, but you can be suppressed if you're from a marginalized group. Yeah, well, also yeah, yeah. accessibility. Yeah. It, and this, this comes down to, like, uh, academies for kids and stuff. Like, in a lot of other countries, uh, you don't have to pay money to have your kid, like... Educator. Yeah, to, to, to learn how to play the game. But that's been a huge barrier for a really long time in the United States is to keep up with that schedule... And the politics of, of different club teams at the youth level is definitely going to prevent a lot of people who otherwise would have probably been really good or really into it. That's that's a huge barrier for entry in the United States. Specific. Other countries, that's not much uh, as much of a problem. We sort it's of, built into the school and, system and, more, too, I imagine. Yeah, and we're talking exclusively about men's soccer in that regard. It's kind of the other way around with women's soccer, where the reason why the United States is so good is because we actually invest in the women's game, and other countries are only just catching up. Yeah, is that, because that's the only one we knew we could do well in. It, well, that, it's 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 kind of frustrating because is it because they're all hot? It's it's kind of frustrating how it's it's framed, um, just because like I think the reason why a lot of people think who don't really actually like soccer this is gonna be a hot take. Uh, a lot of people who don't actually like soccer will say that they prefer women's soccer, but I think a lot of what's behind that is they're basically saying like. It's the same reason I, you say that about volleyball or figure skating. There, there, there is definitely the objectification, but there's also like I don't think soccer is a real sport. I think it's something that women should play. Oh, so it's okay. actually misogynistic. That's so and, wild. It's like reverse WNBA. <laughs> oh, because she she's not good enough for football or basketball. So we'll give and, her soccer. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. we view soccer as a women's sport. Ergo, we view soccer as not a real sport. And so I mean, the amount that um, and then even though we have an amazing team, don't we not treat the women's soccer? Oh team no, well? we that, still don't pay yeah. them very well. Yeah. But so, like historically speaking, this is a common practice of like European soccer is that like when there is like conflicts and stuff, certain teams won't be able to perform or whatever. Uh, yeah. Has this happened to Russia before? I like I think the Crimea so. during the it's, Crimea it's, shit. It, right, I feel I like it would if, happen during. I don't know Crimea. if it was during Crimea. There, other countries have gotten in trouble before. Yeah. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. But so this isn't the first time that a team has been barred, like a, a national team it's has not, been barred. Yeah, from it's not. Right. It's not unprecedented. But this is a pretty intense version because I mean this is the first time in this century and for a pretty long time that there's been Europe on Europe conflict. It, it's also happening really late in the World Cup qualifying. Oh, juicy! Bracket. So like. Russia was supposed to play in a really important qualifying game, and now they have to forfeit, and they, they're not. Well, that's what Putin deserves. <laughs> I'm sure he will blame it on them. I'm sure that's that's the nature, oh, yeah. of, that's the nature of being a dictator. Oh, um, how is the soccer community talking about this? 
I'm seeing overwhelming support for Ukrainian citizens. Um, but not the team. Fuck the team. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's well they've they've been engaged in this conflict since 2014. Yeah, they've been dealing with this shit for a long time. There's a large club by the name of Shakhtar Donetsk, um, which was originally located in one of the separatist areas that had to move to the capital to play their their home matches because they couldn't be home. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there were a lot of players who, and that, they, they're known for signing a lot of Brazilian players, so there was this, like, exodus Hot. of when this conflict kicked off, there was, like, a mass exodus of foreign players. Let's see ya! They were like, yeah, we, this is not for us. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> we used to get a lot of Eastern European soccer players, I mean, hockey players in Montana that would come to play, or, like, Russian players. That's fine. Yeah, so that, like, I would hear about people who were, like, hosting for a player to play here. Okay, yeah, I could see that. I thought that was kind of interesting. It's another one of those, like, weird absurdities of life where it's, like, we, we, we can't have our game because, like, war. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, soccer will try really hard to keep things going. Just like the Olympics. Well, I mean, it's, so, a lot, it's like a lot of the American sports trying to push through the pandemic while players and people surrounding them kept on getting COVID. Yeah. You know? Because it's, it's, it's crazy how rich people just want to keep making the same amount of money without questioning the cost of it. <laughs> I, I feel like we've come to an end. Yeah, is there anything you do want to plug no. Since you're not really, yeah, since you're not really in comedy, do people want, do you want people following you on Twitter or no? I mean, they can find me, but okay. I'd rather not plug it. That's fair. Okay. No, that's fair. <laughs> uh, Rochelle has whore for poor. Need a little accent in there. I'm, put, I'm putting some you good shit up there, folks. What I, who I should plug. A group called Feed the Streets. Oh, Feed the Streets. Are uh, they kind of connected to Food Not Bombs? Um, at all? Or are they pretty, se- are they separate? I'm, I, I'm unaware of any connection. I just know that this is a collective of people who okay. uh, routinely take donations and uh, feed unhoused folks. Um, so it's at Feed the Streets 2. And if I recall correctly, $1 is basically equal to one meal. So that's a way that you can sort of view, like, how you're helping. And then if you want to support any of the shows, news dumps, or recyclables, or, or we're going to do a Steven Universe watch through soon. Yes, we are. And I have, yeah, so. We have so many projects that we're going to get to at some point. Rochelle made me do a spreadsheet. It hurt. I made the spreadsheet. Oh Go fuck yourself, Pat. Rochelle made me know about a spreadsheet. Yeah, it was no one about it as tough. Well, no, because he had this wrinkly-ass list <laughs> of handwritten things that are barely legible. And I was like, okay, so maybe we could make a Google Sheets document and have it in our shared folder and on Google it, Drive. That's like a manifesto. And, and, <laughs> and like actually categorize what we were doing, too. Yeah, exactly. That, see, Patrick, I guess what I'm doing is like making it so you don't look like the QAnoner. <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> I'm more of a pin on her. The News Dump was produced by Rochelle Cody and Patrick Thomas Perkins. It was edited by Patrick Thomas Perkins. Music clips can be found in full on Aesop Rock's The Blob, available at Rhyme Sayers Entertainment. For free. Like, like he says to do stuff like this. That's why I did it.
Anubis and Good his on scale. Both sides. Good on both sides. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for picking up recyclables today. Donations to the ACAST streaming service are, of course, always welcomed, but the best way to support the show is by going to patreon.com forward slash recyclables and becoming a patron today. If you can't do that, another great way is by liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast on whatever podcast listening service you use. All right, thanks.